0: How many of you enjoyed this series though? Did you know there were that many scriptures on the Holy Spirit? So many. Seth kicked us off three weeks ago talking about the Holy Spirit and getting us all into those Greek and Hebrew words so that we understand everything. And then Jonathan has preached a couple of anointed messages. And I want to zone in on one particular area of the Holy Spirit. We've all kind of touched on different arenas of the Holy Spirit. But I wanted to talk about the Holy Spirit as the spirit of truth this morning. It's almost like, what is truth, right? I mean, there is just so much sketchiness today, right? It's like so many half-truths, so many narratives. And then all of a sudden, I've never seen anything like this. People are like, well, I have my truth, what is your truth? Is that truth? Let's look at the definition of truth and see if a "my truth" is actually a truth. The definition of truth is the quality or state of being true, that which is true or in accordance with fact or real, fact or reality, the body of real things, real events and real facts. So is my truth even a thing? I think there's one truth. It's a spirit of truth, and it's not even a what is truth, it's a who is truth, right? I think we've learned that so far in this series. Here's what the Bible says about truth in John fifteen twenty six. but when the helper comes, whom I will send to you from the Father, the spirit of truth, who proceeds from the Father, he will bear witness about me. So it seems like it would be very important to have the spirit of truth in order for him to bear witness about Jesus, right? That's why Jesus left him with us, to bear witness about him. He confirms God, Jesus, Holy Spirit. I know it's easy to imagine God the Father and Jesus the Son, and Holy Spirit is in this mystery area, which is good for all of us, right? But he's going to bear witness. They're never going to contradict each other, they are the Godhead. They are the triune. For those of you who have a difficult time with that, they are three separate, but altogether one. And Holy Spirit is a huge part of that. I am so perplexed of why Holy Spirit is so resisted. He's such an important part as the spirit of truth and the confirmation and the seal of who God is and who Jesus is. And I was struck by a particular word in that scripture in John 15, the word proceeds, that word means Holy Spirit comes forth from the Father. It's part of the Father. And then it has the idea that Holy Spirit carries out a movement or something that God was already doing. Holy Spirit is the continuation of that. So I doubt that the, the things of the Spirit, the gifts of the Spirit for back here, I would say therefore today, if he proceeds from the Father, and if he continues on a movement. I don't know. It makes sense to me. What do you guys think? It says in John 14... 25, when Jesus first mentions Holy Spirit to us. And first mentions are so important. There's many different ways that you can read the Bible of doing a topical study or just wanting to read the Bible through in a year. But take note when there's a first mention in the Bible. And here we hear see Jesus speaking about Holy Spirit for the first time. And he says, this is These things I have spoken to you while I am still with you, but the helper, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, he will teach you all things and bring to your remembrance all that I have said to you. Yeah, I heard someone say amen the way I like to say amen about that scripture, because I used to have this amazing brain for remembering things. Like I was pretty good in school. I could just memorize stuff. And then I turned 50. And I was like. And I feel so bad for my friends because like I know you, I've known you for 20 years, I'm looking you in the face. I cannot remember your name. Or you drop a situation. Oh, I just look at Greg. Thank you for Amy and Deb. Oh. And so we have this wonderful gift of the Holy Spirit that will bring to remembrance all things. And this is what happens too. When stuff drop, drops from my mind, this is almost worse. Three days later, I'm going. I'm just minding my own business, and it drops. The name or the situation. And I'm like, what? What? What good is this doing to me now? Like, should I text the person to try to redeem myself? But Holy Spirit, and not only people's names and places, but He's going to help us remember the Word of God. And that's what's important, guys, because we don't follow doctrines of men, and we don't follow other people's truth. Everything that is concerning God, Jesus, Holy Spirit has got to line up with the Word. They will not contradict themselves. That's such a safeguard us in the world that we're living in today, where there's muddled truth. I'm just afraid to even watch the news right now because I'm like, I'm getting really cynical. Like, is that true? And then they have all their emotion involved in it. And like almost their narrative where they're like, I'm not going to tell you how to think or believe, but Here's the way I feel about it. And so I've just gotten to the point where I'm just reading. It's very quiet. I could just read. I can come to my own conclusion. People aren't yelling at each other. No one's face is turning red as they're trying to tell me what's going on in our world, right? So Jesus reveals the third part of the Godhead in John 14, 25. But we get glimpses of who Holy Spirit is going all the way back to Genesis, First mentions. You want to talk about first mentions? Let's talk about how important the Holy Spirit is. Genesis 1-2, the second scripture in all of the Bible. It says, I'm going to read it in the ESV too because I think it is so poetically worded. The earth was without form and void, and darkness was over the face of the earth, and the Spirit of God was hovering over the face of the waters. Holy Spirit was there from the beginning. He was in the counsel of God as God was dreaming up creation. Holy Spirit was hovering when God created male and female in his image. He knows the counsel of God. He knows the thoughts of God towards each one of you. And then Jesus, he's so awesome, left him with us to carry out, to keep proceeding, to come forth from the Father to make sure that all the plans and purposes of God for our life come to pass. Even the prophets spoke about the Holy Spirit. They loved speaking about the Holy Spirit. Um, They were really the only ones hearing from the Spirit back in the day. (laughs) And God asked them to do some pretty crazy things in order to get people's attention. But let's look at this scripture in Isaiah 42.1. Isaiah says, Behold my servant, whom I uphold, my chosen, and him whom my soul delights. I have put my spirit upon him, and he will bring forth justice to the nations. Now, the prophets loved talking about the spirit because prophets love truth. They were truth tellers. And guess what that makes you? Not very popular. And so people weren't listening to the prophets, and so sometimes God would have them do pretty radical things. I'm pretty happy that that's not a requirement today. I believe in the fivefold ministry. I believe there are modern-day apostles, prophets, teachers, preachers, evangelists. But I don't think God's requirement would be for the prophets like it was back then. Like, for instance, I'm reading this book on the prophets, and I read that Isaiah was trying to tell the Israelites that they were blowing it, that they were being rebellious, that there was sin, there was shame, and they were going to get ready to go into captivity with Egypt and Cush. But they won't listen. So God said, okay, I just would like you to walk around naked for three years. I want them to see what shame looks like. And he's like, okay, I will do this for you. And then Elijah too, God spoke to him, hey, my people aren't listening. Oh, by the way, there's a little thread. God's saying, my people aren't listening. <laughs> Holy Spirit is trying to speak to us. He's our buddy. Oh, I'm telling you, Holy Spirit is be your best friend. Yeah. It's going to tell you what's up. And so the people aren't listening. And so God says, well, Elijah, I'd like you to lay on your left side for just a little bit, 390 days. Yeah. I get sore laying on my side when I'm sleeping for 20 minutes. I have to turn to the other side. And they said, okay, okay, okay. Now turn over to the right side. Another 40 days for the sins, for every year that they wandered in the wilderness. Okay, okay. So prophets loved truth. They loved, they knew, they could tell. They were prophesying that the Holy Spirit was coming and they were so excited to have truth dwelling on the earth. Holy Spirit is threaded throughout the entire Bible. And I can't wrap my brain around why there would be some people that would resist Holy Spirit for today and the gifts of the Spirit for today. Why why would they resist something that is a revealer of truth, the confirmation of the Word, the confirmation of what Jesus did? I think that there is a war over Holy Spirit. And this is not even in the world. This is in the church. There's a war of Holy Spirit. Because there's a war over truth. Do you know why? The enemy wants to keep us in deception. What's opposite of true? Lie. Truth? Lie. Holy Spirit, devil. He wants to keep us in deception. Do you know why? Because deception will keep us bound. God wants us to be free. Holy Spirit is here to make us free. But lies keep us in deception. If we don't know the truth, we are bound we won't walk in the things of God. Hey, we are the expression of God on the earth. That's how he manifests himself on the earth is through us. But we are free in the Holy Spirit. Here's a couple of scriptures on the Holy Spirit, on the freedom of the Holy Spirit. Where did they go? Um, let's see where they are. Uh, here we go. Nope. I'm not finding them, but they are the, you know the scriptures are, and the truth will set you free, right? Where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. I don't know why they disappeared off of my notes, but Holy Spirit is the one that sets us free so that we can walk in the plans and purposes of God. There's many names for the Holy Spirit. It is helper, revealer, power of God, comforter, advocate, paraclete, and promise of God. And the one that stood out to me when Seth was first preaching on the Holy Spirit a few weeks ago was Periclete. I love when he got into all the Greek meaning of it. It means a family attorney. And that perked up my ears. I was like, I love attorneys. I love the law. I love justice. I have it running through my blood because my grandpa was a lawyer. My dad was a lawyer. I love the whole, I love to watch court cases on TV. It gets a little sketchy because I'm like, is that lawyer even telling the truth? Right? Like. Does that lawyer just want to win the case or is that lawyer trying to bring the truth? But that's the beautiful thing about the Holy Spirit as your lawyer is that he's not out to defend necessarily what's going on in your life. He will call you on, if I can say this, your BS. In love. Because he wants the full truth to come out about who God says that you are. And that might include revealing some things about yourself that just need a little little adjustment, right? So Holy Spirit is our advocate. He's going to go to bat for us. He has our six, and he's going to tell us the truth so we can accomplish everything God has for us. Um, uh, Several years ago, it must have been like 15 years ago, I was at a dinner party, and our current, back then, district attorney happened to be there. And I was waiting for an opportunity to tell him. I said, gosh, I just want to take a moment and thank you for upholding justice in our area And he said something so profound to me that I've never forgotten to this day. He said, oh, I don't uphold justice. I uphold the law. And they're not always the same thing. The law isn't always going to be righteous and justice, but Holy Spirit will be the one that brings righteousness and justice. I love that the apostles so wanted the counsel of the Holy Spirit. Now, mind you... They had a little bit of a benefit because they lived in a time when Jesus had just been on the earth, right? So it was very fresh to them. But I love that they took Holy Spirit into their counsel. It says in Acts 15, Paul says this, for it seemed good to the Holy Spirit and to us that we would not lay a greater burden on you than is necessary. And he was talking about some things of the law, but just that he would say that out loud. Uh, Do you say that out loud? Well, it seemed good to the Holy Spirit and to my counselors, but it's not a bad idea. Holy Spirit is not a bad idea to have in your counsel. And by the way, if you are calling your own shots and making your own decisions, it's super wise and biblical to get the multitude of counsel. It talks about in Proverbs that the multitude, there's safety in a multitude of counsel, and you don't even want to wage war without counsel. But I think we could learn from that, from the apostles, don't you? Like... I wonder if this is, oh, let's think about that. Let's think about our individual situations. Anybody who's in a situation, big or small, I wonder what the Holy Spirit would say about this. Am I doing the right thing? I wonder if I have a couple safe people that are biblical that I could ask so I could have safety in the multitude of counsel. I think it would save us from a lot of heartache. Amen? There's a scripture in 1 Corinthians 420 that I think it's ever since I've been saved, ever since I read it for the first time, I'm like, man, what do you mean by that scripture, God? And it says, for the kingdom of God is not in word only, but in power. And I think the word of God is so powerful, and I love it, and I just started to eat it up when I became born again at 21. But there's something, the kingdom of God is not just in word only, but in power, Holy Spirit brings those demonstrations of power in our life. It's like a mark or a seal. The Holy Spirit seals us, authenticates who we are. We have an identifying mark that we belong to Jesus. I like to liken that power that I'm talking about, like 1 Corinthians 4.20, like a cell phone charger. Just imagine, or it probably has happened, forgetting your cell phone charger when you travel. It has happened, where we have to share. It's not easy to share your cell phone charger, especially because you, you hook your iPad up to it and your cell phone's like, can I have, and I just almost have PTSD thinking about my cell battery in the red, right? It's like, where's my car charger? Where's it? Guys, what did, what, what did we used to do? I mean, we are so, we need our, we need our cell phones, right? Just for the younger crowd and the older crowd, you'd be like, I remember that. Do you know what we did when we go on a trip? We didn't plug in, ask Siri, can you take me to so-and-so? We had atlases. Like a book of maps. Right on my passenger side. Let me just see where I'm going. What road do I want? And then my dad was so freaked out when I got my license, he would write me out directions. I still kept them. They're so cute. Like da-da-da-da. And he knew that I wasn't... I mean, my sisters used to call me radar because I'm so bad with directions. (laughs) And so he would write it out, and then he knew, he'd go, and there's like a gas station on the corner, Radine, in case you can't figure out the atlas and the road, and do this and turn there. And then, if you still couldn't find your direction, you had to go into you had to stop at like a gas station. Go in and ask, where am I? <laughs> and then, hopefully you had change if you needed to use the payphone, Right. I gotta call. I gotta call somebody. It used to be 10 cents when I was younger and then it was 25. I'm like, pretty soon, I'm not gonna be able to afford to use (laughs) P-phones. Holy Spirit is the power behind the words we speak, the words we preach, and the words we prophesy. This is what Paul said about Holy Spirit in 1 Corinthians 2, 4. And my speech... And my message were not in plausible words of wisdom, but in demonstration of spirit and of power, so that your faith might not rest in the wisdom of men, but in the power of God. And so you need Holy Spirit even when you're listening to me preach and anybody else, because you don't want the words of man. You don't want to be swayed back and forth by winds of man's doctrine. Holy Spirit will confirm that is the word. And then he'll bring to your remembrance, like, yeah, I read that in the scripture. I'm going to look that up, though. It's fine by me. Get your phone out. Look it up. Look up, up anything I say. I'm like, weigh it against the word of God. George Mueller, who's a great Christian evangelist, he opened orphanages in um, England. And actually, Esther Van Veit is reading his biography right now, we were kind of getting excited. I'm like, I'm using George Mueller in my sermon. He said this about the Holy Spirit. The anointing of the Holy Spirit helps me greatly when I preach. I would never attempt to teach the truth of God by my own power. And so I have questions. I have questions about churches who say, Holy Spirit is not for today. How do you preach without the Spirit? without the power of God. How, do you, how does that happen, that the gifts for today? I, I, it's just a question that I have. Holy Spirit reveals all things. He helps us distinguish truth from deception, and he is so needed in our culture today because there is a war on truth. And here's that scripture, John 8, 32. You'll know the truth, and the truth does what? And in 2 Corinthians 3.17, it's like music to my ears. Now the Lord is the Spirit. And where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. So if the Lord, who is Jesus, is the Spirit, then how could the Spirit not be for today? Is the, is the Lord not for today? It's for today. The Spirit, oh, just want, the Spirit was given to us afterwards. They use that word in scripture, afterwards, the Spirit came. It's for today. Deception tells you that you're never going to change. You're always going to be this way. You're going to be stuck in the funk that you're in. The relationships never. We have no hope in deception. But the truth, when Holy Spirit comes, it gives us hope. You can change. The circumstance can change. God can make a way where there seems to be no way. Galatians 5, verses 16 and 17 says, But I say, walk by the spirit and you will not gratify the desires of the flesh for the desires of the flesh are against the spirit and the desires of the spirit are against the flesh for these are opposed to each other to keep you from doing the things that you want to do so any of you that have been frustrated just by something that's been it's just like maybe it's just like a addiction or something you keep going back to that's your flesh and guess what? That's not all that's available to us. We have the Spirit, and the Spirit is able to set you free from that. There is hope in that. He's here. He's making Himself available to us, and He wants to free us from all of those things. By the way, all those hindrances, even though it's tormenting for you, it's meant to keep you back from fulfilling the call of God in your life, period, period the enemy is so frightened by the call of God on your life that he wants to trip you up with some little thing that the holy spirit can take care of for you but that's his main that's his main game romans 8:11 gives us this promise if the spirit of him who raised jesus from the dead dwells in you he who raised christ jesus from the dead will also give life to your mortal body through the spirit who dwells in you? So this is a revelation of John 10:10. 10, 10. The enemy, the thief, comes to kill, steal and destroy, but God has come that you would have life and life in abundance. That is life in the spirit. That is Holy Spirit. Why don't you say that with me? He's living in me. He's living in me. It's true. Holy Spirit is living in you, and I can just feel the Holy Spirit getting excited that we're talking about him. Like, I love it. These people believe in me. These people are full of me. These people want to move in my power. And when you pull on that, it just makes them want to manifest more and more and more and more. And I think we're seeing that corporately at Heart of the City Church and in individual lives. We are hearing of people being set free from miraculous things and healings. Oh, people's physical bodies getting healed and hearts being healed and spirits being healed. I'll tell you one thing, and everybody likes this. If you desire to prophesy, and I just know most of you desire that, you better be filled with the Holy Spirit. Yeah, that's good. You, 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 actually, public service announcement, you cannot prophesy without the Holy Spirit. Rome, uh, what is, it's, uh, Revelation 19.10 says that the testimony of Jesus is the spirit of prophecy. And even better is 2 Peter 1.21, for no prophecy was ever, say that with me, ever produced by the will of man. But men spoke from God as they were carried along by the Holy Spirit. I love that uh, Pastor J.O. talks about tumbleweeds just to and fro. And the Bible talks about being swayed back and forth by your faith or by winds of doctrine. That sounds terrible to me. That sounds very confusing and awful and tormenting. But I like the idea of being carried along by the Holy Spirit. You with me today, Holy Spirit? because I don't know what the day holds, but I know that you're with me. You're going to help me walk in power and in truth. I want to read a longer passage of scripture. I had first gathering stand up, guys, and then I just forgot to have them sit down. So just stay seated. <laughs> stay seated. I'm so sorry. I think, I think I had them standing for a pretty long time. So just put your listening ears on. This is out of 1 Corinthians chapter 2. I'm going to start in verse 10. These things God has revealed to us through the Spirit. For the Spirit searches everything, even the deep things of God. For who knows the person's thoughts except the Spirit of the person which is in him? So also no one comprehends the thoughts of God except the Spirit of God. Now we have received not the Spirit of this world, but the Spirit who is from God, that we might understand the things freely given to us by God. What a gift. Now we have received not the spirit of the world, but the spirit who is from God, that we might understand these things. Okay, I just read that. And we impart, when after I preach first gathering, I go, I have to do this again? Can we watch the video, please? And we and we impart these things with words not taught by human wisdom, but taught by the Spirit, interpreting spiritual truths to those who are spiritual. You see, the natural person does not accept the things of the Spirit, for they are folly to him, and he is not able to understand them because they are spiritually discerned. So if you're spiritual, you you can't be spiritual without the Holy Spirit. I know that sounds like an oxymoron. Like, what did she say? But I think there are people that feel like they're very spiritual, but they don't believe in the gifts of the Spirit. I'm like, that is an oxymoron. You cannot be spiritual without the Holy Spirit. The spiritual person judges all things, but he himself is judged by no one. We need to be easy, easy going on that scripture. Because iron sharpens iron. We need each other. Come on, Jesus, God, Holy Spirit, have a counsel. We need a counsel. We need the people around us speaking the truth to us. And it ends by saying, for who has understood the mind of the Lord as to instruct him, but we have the mind of Christ. Another great scripture I use when I'm forgetful. God, you told me I have your mind of Christ, so help me in this situation. (laughs) Holy Spirit reveals the secrets of men's hearts. You'll find this. I found this about the Holy Spirit, that when I was first filled with the Holy Spirit, he began to speak to me about me. He would tell me things and see what I would do with it, see where my faith level was. And as I believed him and as I began to walk in the things he was speaking to me, he started speaking to me about other people. He puts a little weight to see can I trust this person? Is the faith there to believe? And then he wants to help us bring revelation to people on the earth. Isn't that what a gift we have? Life is not all about us. We get this beautiful opportunity to bring heaven to the earth for other people. Do you know that the Holy Spirit also makes intercession for us? He like goes to the Father and makes a case for us. This is Romans eight twenty seven. Now he who searches the hearts knows what the mind of the Spirit is because he makes intercession for the saints according to the will of God. So we can get off base, right? Yeah, even if we have Jesus in our heart and Holy Spirit filled, I make mistakes all the time. I get off base. And I just imagine Holy Spirit, he goes to the Father and he just kind of mansplains about our situation. <laughs> this is just me. I'm not saying this is theological. I'm saying I imagine in my mind. He's like, yeah, give her a little break. You know, I know this is what she's called. Here's some of the stuff she's up against, okay? And here's her personality, which is very unique. But Lord, I know you're gonna redeem it and use it, right? So he makes intercession for us. Who would not want this gift of the Holy Spirit making intercession for us? He's our biggest fan to the Father. He's going to present our case before the Lord. He's going to remind the Lord what we're called to, what we're up against. And it's going to put us back on track so we do not miss the will of God for our life. Do you know that also that Holy Spirit is not just for the super special or super anointed or the leaders or the pastor. Holy Spirit is available for all. right. Some of you have not received it. He's available for you. This is what it says in Acts 2:39. "For the promise is to you, say me. me. and the promise is to your children, say, my children, and our grandchildren, right? And our children's children's children, and to who? all who are afar off as many as the Lord our God would call. Being filled with the Holy Spirit is proof that we are God's children. Romans eight, sixteen and seventeen, for as many are led by who? The spirit. Our sons and daughters of God. And Joel two, twenty eight. And it shall come to pass after, afterward afterward, and it shall come to pass afterward. that I will pour out my spirit when? afterwards on everyone. Good, you guys are way ahead of me. Your sons and your daughters shall prophesy, and your old men shall dream dreams, and your young men shall see visions. So there's two distinguishing benefits of being filled with the Holy Spirit, and I'm starting to wind down. I know I gave you a lot of scriptures today, but I trust the scriptures more than I trust my own words. I feel like it's making its way into your heart more than my words were. Okay, so the first one, Holy Spirit will help us when we don't know what to say. Sometimes I just don't know what to say, right? Matthew ten nineteen. But when they hand you over, don't worry how or what you should speak, for you will be given what to say at that hour because you are not speaking, but the Spirit of your Father is speaking through you. How much more could we handle that today? Have any of you ever been confronted because of your faith? So awkward. So I see people like, yes. If you haven't, you probably will be. I don't know what's happened since 2020, but it's like really divisive right now. Like, you don't believe like I do. So I'm taking my toys and we're not playing anymore. We're not even going to be family anymore. We're not going to be friends. So awkward. What do you say? And so we get challenged in these areas. Holy Spirit comes and give us words because we are going to be the ones that bring unity back into our world, where we can be different, still get along, because why? Because like Paul said, we wanna be all things to all people, so that by all possible means, some might come to know Jesus. How are unsaved people gonna get to know Jesus if we're not in relationship with them? So we're the great reconcilers, right? And so I'll tell you about one of my amazing opportunities for the Holy Spirit to tell me what to say, because I had no idea what to say. And so I'm speaking at this women's business group, secular, not Christian. And so I'm coming in and I'm like, I'm a little intimidated. Like the mayor's wife is speaking and these big CEOs. And I'm like, oh God, why this? And he always tells me reading, that's not why you're here. You're not here to be a big shot. You're here to be my servant. You're here to be my ambassador. I'm like, okay, I'll wait my turn. I'm just, plus they have them at seven o'clock in the morning. Like I am not awake. It's probably better that I was weak. So I shared at it, and I was actually able to share about Heart of the City Church and all the wonderful things we do, because I feel like there's always a false narrative peddled about the church, and it kind of ticks me off. So anytime I can, I like to say, that's not true. This is who we are. This is what we do. And then I told them how I got saved, and they were like, whoa, who invited her? So... But afterwards, I had some really cool connections with some ladies that I've actually had coffee with, some women that had faith in their background but hadn't been around it for a while because nobody talks about it anymore because we don't get invited to those things. But Jesus, in the name of Jesus right now, Holy Spirit, open doors. Open doors for Heart of the City Church to go into places where people don't know Jesus and share. And so I'm having cool connections, and I had not so cool of a connection. (laughs) And some people were waiting to talk to me from a different community, and they said, hey, basically, we don't feel safe here because of your faith. And I was like, hmm, what do do you say? So I I opened my mouth, started a dialogue, like, thank God they weren't my words, because my words, I'd be so insecure, be trying to get defensive, it'd get really weird, but Holy Spirit took over. We started to have a dialogue. They confronted me a little bit more. I came back with a soft answer. The Bible tells us, you know, the soft answer pacifies great wrath. But I never did tell them what they wanted to hear. I just a smiling. I kept sharing. Didn't tell them what they wanted to hear. And guess what? It ended okay. No big fight broke out. There wasn't any defensiveness. I felt like Jesus was able to be imparted somewhat, like little seeds imparted to them. So it ended peaceably and with a hug. They did not hug me. I was trying to close the gap. I feel a gap. I feel like there's something between us. I'm just going, uh. And I'm not even a huge hugger, but I was like, I really felt like the Holy Spirit's like, come on, get a little closer. Okay, now number two. Um, Benefits of the Holy Spirit. Everybody likes benefits, right? Holy Spirit will help us when we don't know what to pray. Romans 8, 26. Likewise, the Spirit also helps us in our weaknesses, for we do not know what we should pray for as we ought, but the Spirit Himself makes intercession for us with groanings which cannot be uttered. Now, I walk around most of the time pretty guilty about my prayer life because I'm like zillions, like not zillions, but lots of people that I should be praying for. And people text me, can you pray about this? And I love all of you and I want to pray for you and I want to pray for my family and I want to pray for the United States and I want to pray for the nations. And we, we have so much time, right? And so I do my little part. I go on my walk in the morning. It's about 20, 30 minutes and I'm praying and praying, Lord, bring to my remembrance all the people that I need to pray for. But then you know what kicks in? I start praying in the spirit and all of a sudden the easy button and I just feel like I think I'm just praying for Asia I think I'm just paying for most of the continents what is going on here and that person wanted me to pray for that but Holy Spirit's having me pray this way and I feel like it's more breakthrough than if I would have prayed what they asked me to pray for that's what Holy Spirit does speaking in tongues, speaking another language. Also, when you're speaking in the Spirit, it's lining up with the will of God, what God wants us to pray. So therefore, all access. When you're praying in the Spirit, it's all access. Like, oh, that's getting through. Isn't that a beautiful concept? so motivating to be filled with the Holy Spirit and also to speak in tongues. I'm reading this beautiful book, which I highly recommend, especially during this series. It's called Chasing the Dragon. It's a story of Jackie Pullinger. She was a young British woman. She got born again in college, and she was serious, like, man, she is my inspiration. I'm getting on YouTube and watching all her videos. Come on, like, you're a stud. She's in her 80s now. And she gets saved, and she's like, I want to be a missionary, I want to do something great for God. And she's talking with people and they're kind of like, this is in the 60s. Or I like, I don't know, maybe join a club or be a part. of I don't even know if YWAM was a thing back then. But so she's not getting answers. Like, I want to do something for God. I don't want people to perish. Now that I've known Jesus, I want other people to know Jesus. Finally, one brave Anglican priest says to her, well, if you feel like you're supposed to be a missionary, you know what you should do? You should buy a one-way ticket on a really cheap ship that's going to many countries and this pray and and just be dropped off at the country you're supposed to go to. She's like, yes, that's an awesome idea. So she gets on the ship, and she ends up in Hong Kong, doesn't speak the language, and then she goes to the walled city, which is like the worst section of Hong Kong where all the drug addicts are. She's Serious about Jesus, I'm so convicted right now, and so she's on the streets and she's ministering the gospel to these young teenage drug addicts, and it's so difficult. They're hooked on heroin, they're hooked on opium, and then they'll, they they get off of it for a season, and then they go right back to it because they don't have money. It's so poor, and they're addicted again. And so she's not making a lot of progress. And some other missionary friends said to her, "Hey, are you filled with the Holy Spirit?" She was so offended. She goes, like, look what I'm doing. T- of course I'm filled with it. Look, I came all the way here. They're like, no, are you filled with the Holy Spirit? She goes, maybe not. So they lay hands on her. She starts speaking in tongues for the first time. She starts to speak in tongues for 30 minutes a day. Practice makes. And remember the multiplication. We can pray, pray, pray all day, day, day. And then the Holy Spirit kicks in. So she's doing this 30 minutes a day. And then guess what? All of a sudden, the drug addicts are getting instantly delivered of heroin and opium with no side effects. They're getting born again. Now they're speaking in tongues, these young drug addicts. Then word gets out because so much is happening. So much, She's having so much breakthrough from that time of praying in the Spirit that now the big drug lords and the gang members want to meet with her. And they're getting filled. With you want to talk about revival? Holy Spirit revival? I'm so motivated to speak in tongues more often, right? Okay, so here's a couple of ways, because now I know you want it. So here's a couple of ways you can be filled with the Holy Spirit. Number one, the laying on of hands. It says in Acts 8, 14 through 16, now when the apostles at Jerusalem heard that Samaria had received the word of God, they sent to them Peter and John, who came down and prayed for them that they might receive the Holy Spirit, for he had not yet fallen on any of them. But they had only been baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus. Then they laid their hands on them and they received the Holy Spirit. Don't you know we're gonna make time for that today? And the second way you can be filled with the Holy Spirit is when the Word of God is preached. Maybe some of you right now, Holy Spirit's like stirring up like, that's a lot of scriptures on the Holy Spirit for something I don't have. Acts 10, through 46, while Peter was saying these things, the Holy Spirit fell on everyone who heard the Word of God. Flames of fire. And the believers from among the circumcised who had come with Peter were amazed Because the gift of the Holy Spirit was poured out even on the Gentiles. No respecter of persons. For they were hearing them speaking in other tongues and extolling God. How beautiful is that? I remember I grew up Catholic and then I was born again at 21 in a Pentecostal church. So I was like this, like, what is happening around here? I'm not going there. About my first time I gathered at the church and someone stood up and started prophesying. It's a private story. I'll tell you later. And so I'm getting used to things in the Pentecostal church. So I'm like, okay. And then all of a sudden they start talking to me about water baptism. I'm trying to work through that because I was baptized as a baby. in the got, okay, I'll get water baptized. And they're like, now you need to be filled with the Holy Spirit. I was like, what? So I'm in a small group. There's a few of us getting our hands laid on us for infilling the Holy Spirit. And don't you know, every one of them starts speaking in tongues except for me. And I'm like, but here's the deal. I don't have a fake bone in my body. It's like, I'm not doing this unless it's the Holy Spirit and not me. So I left a little dejected. I was a little embarrassed. I'm like, I don't know. I'm not doing all the Christian things right now. I'm not speaking in tongues. So I went home and I said, God, I desire this gift. And I pursued him. If you don't aren't speaking in tongues and you you desire to pursue pursue open your mouth first that's a big thing and I did I just opened my mouth and then after a few hours I began to speak in tongues it was the most magnificent thing I think it was about midnight I called Jonathan he was my good friend then not my boyfriend but he was like my mentor whatever he was doing disciple I don't know but I was like I'm speaking it sometimes it works sometimes missionary dating works but ever since I've been filled with the Holy Spirit, honestly, guys, I don't know that if I would have grown without the Holy Spirit. I had baggage, I had religion, I had so much stuff, but I just started growing, 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 started having prophetic encounters with the Lord. I got healed of breast cancer when I was 30. Man, the Holy Spirit just knocked me, knocked me out. Just signs and wonders. Nobody can tell me He's not real. Holy Spirit is real. And He will reveal the Word of God to you so that you're never deceived when you're reading the Word of God. Because I want to tell you, there's a couple ways you can read the Bible. You can read the Bible exegetically, that means line upon line, the interpretation of scriptures, what the author's original intent was. Or you can read the Word of God eisegetically. You read into the text what the interpreter, that's you, wishes to find or thinks they found in the text. Does that sound familiar to you today? Revelation makes it very clear. Don't add to this. Don't you take away from this. This is the complete, whole Word of God. If you read the Word of God isogetically, you're going to quench the Holy Spirit. Do you know what it says in Ephesians 4? It starts out, it's talking about the Holy Spirit. It starts out by saying, do not lie. And it ends by saying, do not quench the Holy Spirit. If you read the Word of God exegetically, you are going to get the full truth of the Word of God, and God will begin to confirm to you that Daniel is confirming revelation, and that Isaiah is prophesying, and that's it's there again in Psalms, and it's this beautiful love story of God in creation and Jesus dying on the cross for our sins and leaving us with Holy Spirit so that we can have an abundant life. I want to end with uh, this quote by my favorite, personal favorite revivalist <clears throat> from the 19th century. And he lived into that. My voice is going, whew, let me get a drink. <clears throat> Just in time, I'm almost finished. Okay, so Smith Wogglesworth, awesome, awesome man of God. Also from England. Everybody I'm talking about, I might need to go to England and get Holy Spirit fill, right? <laughs> oh, we are sending people there already, so it doesn't matter. We're going to have a church there. Yes. Oh, I hope you guys are going to meet Jackie Pullinger. Okay, so Smith Wigglesworth said, Enter into the promises of God. It is your inheritance. You will do more in one year if you're filled with the Holy Ghost than you can do in 50 without Him.